Hello and welcome to episode 237 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is February 8th, 2021. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is my co-host Slappy Jones. Show notes page for this episode will be mcflugel.com slash 237. There you will be able to find links to some of the things we talk about as well as checking out our sponsor libertymugs.com. Um, I'm just going to get it out of the way right now because I'm going to forget otherwise, and I don't want to do that. But uh, how was uh, how's how's the tractor uh, markets doing these days, Slappy? Tra- <laughs> tractor markets are good. And in fact, if uh, anyone was watching the Super Bowl, as you know, I'm now a NASCAR fan. Um, Kyle Busch made an appearance in one of those commercials on a tractor. Hmm. So how about that? It's pretty good. I think I missed that commercial. I forget what it was for. I just remember seeing Kyle Busch and my kids were pumped. Harvester. Yeah, maybe. No, it wasn't because it was a bunch of people doing different things. Yeah. But uh, tractors did make an appearance at the Super Bowl, so there you go. So the market's yeah. up. Things are looking good in tractor world. Don't short tractors. <laughs> go long, baby. Yes. Uh, what'd you think of the Super Bowl? Um. I think it's about time something good happened to Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, something finally went his way in life, and so I'm just happy for him. Yeah, I mean, despite the referees just making horrible calls uh, against him on those three uh, first – on those first three touchdown drives. Now, um, I was uh, was rooting for Kansas City. I like like Andy Reid a lot. How about that Um, kicker, huh? I like Harrison Bucker too. Big fan of the uh, Mr. the most Catholic kicker in the NFL, as far as I'm aware. Um, but yeah, and also, so there's there's a history of heartbreak uh, related to Tampa Bay for me uh, in football. So I I have a hard time rooting for them, and also just I like rooting against Tom Brady. But uh, yeah, Tampa's defense was just unbelievable. They were. They were all over the field. I mean, I would have lost a bet saying <laughs> saying uh, Kansas City wouldn't find the end zone. Yeah, the uh, the Flyers played uh, earlier that day, and they almost scored more points, scored more goals than the, uh, <laughs> the Chiefs scored. Pretty incredible. Yeah. But then on top of that, Patrick Mahomes, he's just a, he's a magician. It's a shame. Some of those plays he made in the fourth quarter that – Balls were dropped. Yeah, where he threw it thirty yards, just uh, getting tackled, ridiculous. diving forward, horizontal. It's just an, absolutely and right ridiculous. on the money. Yeah, but I think this. Uh, I, I don't think there's much argument against Tom Brady being the best football player ever, or certainly the best quarterback. Um. Yeah, it's tough to I mean, so I, I, the dude I, just gets it done. Yeah, as far as. Just like, well, is is there a real difference between? Am I making a distinction about a difference? But I would say if I'm like building a team or have to, like I, I would pick Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady. Well, they both had the same amount of Super Bowl or Super Bowls from the NFC, same amount of NFC championships. So I can see why you would say you that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but but like it's it's not taking any away from Tom Brady because it's I mean it's. it's speaks for itself but uh 
Yeah, I, I, I'm 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 an Aaron Rodgers fan. He makes like if you see a lot of breakdowns of the the plays he makes. Uh, Tom Brady. One. Tom Brady gets it done. Not taking anything away from him, but uh, Aaron Rodgers just you know we mentioned that about Mahomes, uh, but Aaron Rodgers he... just makes unbelievable throws and plays. He does. It's, but here's where I'll I'll give and look I I could not care less about Tom Brady. He went to Michigan anyway, um, right. but even in the Super Bowls he lost, he did everything he could to win, including scoring go ahead drives in all three of them. Now, right. you know it took two miracle catches against the Giants, or uh, for the for the Giants to beat him in New England, and then they had a lead against the Eagles and. Nick well, Foles I mean, played Nick Foles versus I mean, uh, Tom Brady is just no. no I no. take Nick Foles, Foles every day. Foles no, wins that every time. No time. Foles never lost to Brady in a 100%, Super Bowl. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent winning percentage. Um, so I, I obviously would take Nick Foles over Tom Brady, but that being said, you know Tom Brady doesn't play defense, so right. The guy could very easily have ten, not easily, but potentially could have had ten Super Bowl wins. Like that's just mind-blowing yeah uh so anyway enough about tom yeah what we have going on in the world we got uh, did you buy good dogecoin yes right after i inserted needles in my eyes why (laughs) no so like seriously though um there is a lot of hype around dogecoin right now and a lot of people are buying it and the price is going i didn't look at the price um i know it's way up maybe like a thousand percent over like six months ago. Um, I saw an article, I saw a headline, I didn't read it, uh, but said Dogecoin is like the people's coin. It's going to take over Bitcoin. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, I know what you think about that, but let's let's go explain it a little bit. So there, there's, there's certain times I... I I usually have a lot of things to say, and especially when it's like related to Bitcoin, you know, I'm I'm like a uh, busting at the seams, ready to just like have my talking points ready to go. But there's certain times where something just comes along that's just like so absurd and stupid that I'm at a loss for words, and uh, that is that is Dogecoin. Um, but even taking it a step back. So we had our episode last week talking about uh, GameStop and Robin Hood and, and Citadel with, with uh, Silent Cal and J.W. Weatherman and Stefan Kinsella. And um, one of the things we, we kind of briefly touched on it at the end, but this idea that there's this like playbook now that you have against Wall Street and hedge funds and everything that you're going to be able to... Uh, like keep tapping into, it's just absolutely absurd. Um, Clark Campit in a recent TLE episode was ba- kind of calling the uh, the Wall Street bet things like a ter- like a financial terrorist attack, and that's kind of what I was talking how I was talking about it. Um, that it was this like kind of guerrilla warfare tactic that how you could have just a small group of people or at least a smallish amount of money compared to the to the rest of the market really cause a lot of disruption um one one reason because it was you know they it was good timing there's other stuff going on 
um, in the market, including uh, Ryan Cohen trying to make a play to take a controlling uh, uh, stake in, in GameStop. So he was he was putting by uh, by pressure on it, and and I have to imagine that there were a lot of other uh, investors and people out there noticing the 140% naked short out there. And we're probably starting to, to pump money into it too, because that is, you know, kind of available knowledge. It's not like they're, you know, you do a naked short in, in secret. Um, but I don't want to take anything away from, from, you know, the wall street bets and the Redditors. They, they still had to execute what they did. And it was like hurting cat, like unbelievable that they coordinated that because I'm trying to, round people up and, and <laughs> do something on the internet like that's pretty impressive. Um, but they needed, you know, they needed certain things to work in their favor and they also had to kind of do something shocking and surprising, something that's, you know, outside of the normal playbook and, uh, catch these guys off guard, catch them on their heels and, and throw an uppercut they weren't seeing. Um, that's how you have to fight against big guys like that. Uh, that's how the Americans won the Revolutionary War. They weren't gonna they weren't gonna fight a conventional warfare. They weren't gonna line up in rows and and fight the the world's strongest military in the world at that point and line up. They they had to use other tactics. They had to punch below the belt. They had to do some some weird things in order to to be effective. Just like the uh, you know the uh, Mujahideen and uh, in Afghanistan, fighting the Soviets and then fighting the U.S. military. They have to use a little bit different tactics and guerrilla warfare and everything. So um, I think, you know, it, it might be a little bit seemingly rough around the edges to call it financial terrorism. Um, but I think it's a pretty good explanation of it. So that said, you try to do the same thing again like by the exact same way, well, the other side's still pretty big. You know, if you're just talking about Wall Street in general, whatever that means, or hedge funds or institutional investors or, or what have you, big money. There's a re, you know, they, they might've gotten some favorable regulation, excuse me, regulations and laws and everything in order to, uh, to get to their positions and everything, but, but they're still competing among each other. And so when they get as big and powerful and wealthy as they are, there, there is some merit to it. Um, so this idea that they're just going to, yeah, you find a little weak spot that you can exploit and they're not going to cover it up is, uh, is just absurd. And, uh, to think that you're just going to dump money into another stock like the Nokia or AMC, which have been abysmal failures at trying to pump them up. Like, you're an idiot. Um, it's like it's like to go back to football again. Let's say that the uh, a high school football team got to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions, and the high school football team they got the ball first, and on the first play they ran some crazy trick play and executed it perfectly. They still played it. Scored. Was, well, probably not. They wouldn't have, but let's, let's suspend disbelief for a little bit because you know, who would have thought wall street bets would have, uh, 
did what they did with GameStop. <laughs> Fair enough. And let's say that they run this absolutely crazy trick play. Catch, you know, the uh, they, they run the annexation of Puerto Rico perfectly. And they end up scoring. And everyone goes, wow, we figured out a way. This is this is the way, this is the playbook on how to beat an NFL team. You just run the annexation of Puerto Rico. Like, imagine they line, they get the ball back and they line up. They're just going to get obliterated. Like th- that's, that would be the only points they score in that game. Just because you get lucky at some point or something works out, you, you know, you pull something out of your butt. Doesn't mean that <laughs> you're going to keep winning or anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to, they're going to make adjustments and you have to find something else to, uh, to attack them with. And just going and buying another stock and hoping that like they're not going to cover their shorts or something. It's just, is silly. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I mean, has there been any reports or any, anything on these hedge funds? Like they're all still there. <laughs> or yeah. Did they, are they broke? Are they poor? Did they get sued or like, I mean, my guess uh, is they covered so. that short when it went up a little bit and didn't really get hurt. And we well, uh, know Slappy uh, Melvin got bailed out. Yeah. Um, and they probably made money buying it and then shorting it again when it was 300 some dollars and probably made it all back. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's, uh, I, want I, I want to say something because there's a lot of stuff again. I, I know that not everyone disagreed or agreed with our episode last week and whatever, that's fine. I mean, if you can say where we got it wrong, um, go for it. But there's like really frustrating to just, have really well, a lot of sloppiness about uh, how things were were talked about like the uh, how so it got brought up and for good reason i mean with wall street there's a lot of filthiness in there and and in 2008 you know when a lot of a lot of these businesses and and institutions should have been allowed to fail they got bailed out by the government and that is just atrocious and corrupt and wrong and sends all sorts of bad signals throughout the marketplace um, you know, it rewards failure and, and, and punishes people that, that perform well. So we know that Citadel, uh, sent, injected some money into Melvin Capital after this, uh, you know, this short squeeze execution. And right after talking about the 2008 bailouts, people were saying that, well, Melvin got bailed out here. And it's like, well... Careful, be careful what words you choose because that's not a bail. Like if you're calling bailouts, the government going and do it, and and you're making like a, a very strong moral claim about that, as you should. Um, be careful not to conflate or be sloppy with the words you choose when you say what happened here, because whether or not it's like ill-gotten gains, because and I don't even want to get into that because it's like I, you know, we could. I, I could I could make cases against individual libertarians taking uh, uh, COVID checks or something and say, well, you shouldn't have had that money. So, uh, but it's like that's different than you know someone having a, uh, a, a another business having a, a stake 
or an interest in another company. And so they decide to inject money into them because they, you know, something went, went belly up in order to protect their own assets. I think that's perfectly reasonable and not something you get upset about. And this idea that there's no consequence to that for Melvin Capital, that they're still they're like high-fiving each other in, in, in the background and acting like, oh yeah, oh, we just, we just made a, you know, made a huge mistake, but oh, we just got paid out for it. And this is great. Like, I'm sure that there are a lot of cold sweats and a lot of soiled pants throughout all of that. And I'm sure that heads were rolling mm-hmm. because I'm pretty sure uh, Citadel was not happy about having to take what was it like two billion dollars or something or however much money it was i'm sure they were they had other uses for it that they wanted to have and had to go prop up melvin or do whatever they were doing with it so you know let's be somewhat reasonable and somewhat like just not engulfed by anger and flaming over this and, and be somewhat like a little bit reasonable and, and, and a little bit dispassionate about how we're viewing these things. Like you can hate wall street and say like, Oh, this is messed up. And, and I don't like these games that these guys play fine. But it, it, that doesn't excuse just utter sloppiness about how, you know, how, how we're going to be viewing this stuff. So we're way off topic because you asked about Dogecoin. Yeah, but um, I, I, yeah, I, to say, I, I don't even know what to go off of that. I mean, look, <laughs> a, a government bailout is very clearly different than uh, a private bailout. Um, and it's also never good when the boss comes over and has to, uh, you know, make a big play. Of course, they're not happy about it. Obviously, though, like, it's kind of one of those things. If we go back to a sports analogy, like uh, I'll try to try to use a hockey one more up your alley. Um, say a goalie gives up five goals, but every single goal took a crazy hop off the boards and you know two deflections and in the back of the net. It's like, are you mad at the goalie? Right. You know or the guy he did everything he could. Right. How are you going to like a puck coming eighty miles, sixty miles an hour, eighty miles an hour, deflecting and it. Like, what are you going to do? You know? Yes. You kind, it's kind of like, look, these guys did everything they could. They saw an overvalued stock. They shorted it. Which, by the way, if that drives the price down and you think it should be higher, then there's a good time to go long on it. Um, and, the, you know, everything they did was sound. Well, what, what's they're going to say? That was a tough one, <laughs> you know? Um, of course, they're going to put their money out there too. But you know, you know what I, I yeah, think. You know the, the point I'm trying to make. Um, and then let's also say too that don't read this as defending the system. We're very strongly against the system, as you can tell by like the 200 episodes we've done. Um, uh, we're just talking about the individuals involved in this. Right. And, and with the understanding of how the system, well, the apparent understanding of how the system works, like, I think it's a good idea to find ways to try not to play the game because when, you know, you can't, you can't beat them at their own game. No, they're going to win every time. Like, especially if you believe that they can just change the rules on you 
without consequence. Yeah. Like we, we, like I, we, we're saying what we believe and we're like, and not as critical of it uh, in one, or at least critical of, of what specifically happened here. And we're still saying like, our conclusion is, yeah, you should get out of the system. Yeah. It's a stupid system. It's not good. It's not, it's not, whether or not it's even fair or just, it's just, it's not one that's set up for the individual to win. Win it. Like, you know, the idea that you need, uh, you know, a, a couple billion dollars to play this game effectively. Well, I'm sorry, but when you come in with your uh, $100 to invest, you're going to kind of get, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, just, you just don't matter. Uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. So, it's part of this is yes, you know, it, it's, it's interesting and useful to look at the morality and ethics of certain things and to make judgments on it. But at the same time, we also have to understand that this is the reality of the situation. Like the reality of the world is the reality of the situation. And no matter how evil or wrong it is, you can't change what's going on with it. So you have to, you know, accept the reality that you're in and deal with it yeah act accordingly and that being said like i think this whole thing was funny like i think it's i do think it's great that they did what they did and pulled it off like that was really oh yeah it was i think it was incredible (laughs) i think that's awesome and if the hedge funds did take a huge hit good like i don't i don't care i could care less yeah it means they miss if if melvin and these other hedge funds or companies like lost a lot of money and and probably meant that they messed up yeah and, and so it's good that they lost money and i just don't think they lost as much as people think they did no they probably lost a bundle uh but i don't think they're that dumb maybe they are <laughs> could be i mean I don't they know. could be i or don't maybe, know or maybe they were making they were making good bets and everything and and this was just what the redditors did was just absolutely unexpected and there was no good reason to expect that was going to happen, and so they lost money on it. And and sometimes I'm sometimes sure they you... lost money, but yeah, but but probably covered but it so... way before it went to three hundred dollars. Yeah, but sometimes, but but the point is, is that you know everyone always there's that saying it's better to be lucky than good. Maybe in that moment in time, but overall, especially in the game of investing and speculation, uh, I'd if rather be good. Yes, you can be good and you can make intelligent speculations and investments and be wrong sometimes. But when you're wrong for the for the right reasons, that really makes you that feedback that you get from that really makes you go sharpen your pencil a little bit. Um, And in the long run, when you're making intelligent decisions and being smart and wise and and getting good information, getting asymmetric knowledge and, and also asymmetric analysis of that information, then in the long run, you're going to be successful as opposed to the person that makes for without any sort of good reason, makes some sort of bet and they win blindly. And then they think, oh, I'm this really smart investor. And so I get to throw around more money. Well, guess what? They're going to get, they're going to lose that money. It's I noticed that in 2017 with the altcoin run-ups, because we, Slappy and I, we both uh, unfortunately were into altcoins and traded them. Right? This 
unfortunately. It's not a secret. We've talked yeah, about it. No, no, like, it, we it, it is what it is. We're I probably we're, spent a Bitcoin on mint coin. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know we we're dumb money back then. But yeah. At some point, you know, I, and everything was going up. You, know, you, you, you couldn't the miss, man. Thing, you, yeah, and and it was going up, and people asked me, "Oh man, why are you choosing this this one over that one?" I was just like, oh, "I don't know." Why? Because it's new and Pick it hasn't them. had a pump yet, so I'll buy that. Yeah. And I'll put a sell order in when it quadruples, and then <laughs> yeah, I just kind of, I just, I just picked it, no rhyme or reason. Yeah. But then I noticed like all these people, you know, out there looking at, you know, bragging about their portfolio, your altcoin portfolios, and how much money they've made, and and then they became like these in the investing investment savants, according to them, and they were offering all this advice and be like, oh yes, and and you know, putting on the monocle and, and patting themselves on the back for how smart they were. And you heard the reasoning for things and it was just Nonsense. stupid. Yeah. And that's, that was kind of the beginning of me being like, Oh yeah, this, this seems pretty crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I think that to tie back into, into the Dogecoin thing, I think this is a perfect example of that. People were just kind of, throwing money into something because well, the other thing I don't Dogecoin, know I don't even like people uh, and that, that's where we go with Bitcoin all the time is like when we talk about what money is or when it's all stuff you know we've learned from reading smarter people um, but once you understand that it changes your perspective of everything right and uh, when you see what Dogecoin is it's not like it's just some other cryptocurrency that could overtake Bitcoin like the article the headline I, I read uh, this is something where there's blocks every minute and maybe more than every minute if I'm looking at their block explorer right now. Uh, yeah. And the last block they mined had two transactions on it. Yeah, for that 22, 35, 11, 26, 16, 49, 37, 3, 20. Oh, then we just had another one. So there's been one, two, three, oh, oh, four in the last four. minute, and it had four transactions on it. So, and and every minute, what did you say? It's ten thousand more Dogecoin into the system. Yes. Like, which that rule's been changed several times already. Right, and it'll time. be changed again because it's probably. I mean, how many? Like, it's not. I, I don't know. Do you see the hash power on this thing? It's somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But this it's not gonna it's this is not sustainable. So you can well, try to pump it all day. We have many episodes about talking about why we believe that Bitcoin has value and will continue to appreciate in value. We get very specific about the reasons. There are certain qualities of Bitcoin and aspects of Bitcoin that lead us to conclude the things that we do. Um I've asked people, like, why are you buying Dogecoin? And it's like, well, we're sticking it to the man. Like, well, how are you sticking it to the man? Well, because it's just like a joke. So wait, and and yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna hold it until it hits like a dollar. But well, wait, well, what's driving that demand? Oh, more people just wanting, wanting to-, to buy a joke. Like the reason that we're bullish on Bitcoin and saying you should buy Bitcoin and hold it is because we believe it's going to monetize because Bitcoin 
you know, fulfills the, uh, the, the use, the uses of money better than anything else mm-hmm. out there. Um, you're saying that like people are just going to like buy Dogecoin because they want to pump. Like that's not, it's literally a pump and dump scheme. Yes. I mean, that's it's what just it a is. Bubble. You're, Buy buying, it. you're buying it for the sake of Having buying the price it. Go so up the price until goes it goes up. to a dollar and then sell it. And then you're all going to sell it. Like, but you got to really hope. You got to hope that in the meantime, people don't decide, eh, you know what? I'm going to take a profit here. Yeah. When it gets no to one, like, 20 cents. We brought up the transaction count because no one's using it. It's all sitting on exchanges. Yes. All, all of the, the volume of Doge being moved around is on a spreadsheet on an exchange's servers. Like there has to be some underlying use case other than we're sticking it to the man. Oh, by the way, the, you know, you're buying Dogecoin on like Robinhood, the service that you claim to, you know, really hate. Wait, are people doing that? Yeah. I think that's where a lot of the uh, (laughs) the volume has come, has come from. And it's like, you know, this this is a rebellion against these uh, Wall Street jerks and everything. Who do you think is making money off you making these trades? When you're using these uh, definitely not Robinhood. Yeah. <laughs> it's because someone other than them. Uh but it's just it's just nonsense and absurd. That's I I I like struggle explaining it a little bit because it's so utterly stupid. Oh, but it's exact. And look, um, I don't know. I guess like back when we were in the altcoins and I remember this when I was doing the altcoins, I never thought any of them were going to be anything real. Uh, I just knew that the price was going to go up. And so I was going to buy and I was going to sell when the price went up. And, uh, I did okay doing that for a while. Uh, and then I guess in 2017 or 2018, whenever, whenever that all came down, uh, you know, I couldn't even get rid of it. Like I probably have some sitting on exchanges that's, I don't even know if it's worth anything. Like cause I couldn't even sell it to bother getting back into Bitcoin with it. Um, so I got crushed on it at the end. Uh, but of course during the run made plenty of money, but that's all it is. It's like a, a a game to see when it pumps. And if you want to play that game, it's risky. And if you make out great, like congratulations. But, um, and I think Stefan Kinsella said this, I don't know if it was on our episode or, or on another one I was listening to. But all the people who, even the early Bitcoin investors who were buying it when it was like a penny and made a million dollars or several million dollars, they're going to lose it all eventually because not, you know, not necessarily, but they got lucky. And it's not that they had some kind of sustainable model here to continue to grow that money. And so if they went out and bought a Lamborghini or something, uh, well, the Lamborghini is going to decrease in value and they're not going to be able to get rid of it. And they're just going to have a really nice car, but nothing to continue that, um, that capital coming in. And it's the same with the Dogecoin. Like, yeah, you, well, you, well, someone, well, some people may, some people probably made a lot of money on it now, but what are they going to do with it? I mean, if you, if you get out of debt, that's great. 
you know, I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, one thing I like to say is, and I agree with you about the, like what Kinsella said about Bitcoin and stuff. You deserve the amount of Bitcoin or money that you have, basically. Um, you know, we all love to look back and say, oh, man, I first heard about Bitcoin. It was, you know, worth $5 a coin. And if I bought it then, you know, then I would have bought, you know, 4,000 Bitcoin and I'd be, you know, a gajillionaire now. And it's like, well, it's easy to, you know, have 2020 hindsight. <laughs> and and so I tell people, like, people beat themselves up a little bit. And it's like, look, I mean, obviously if you had the information and understanding now or back then that you have now, then obviously you would have made a different decision. Right. Just like every other decision that you've ever had. Yes. So what you do the best with the information that you have at the time. Um, but it helps to like start getting into mindsets where you can actually make good decisions and, and, and produce productive positive feedbacks, positive feedback loops, uh, rather than like destructive ones. Um, if you bought Dogecoin for, at, at, before it ran up and then sold it for, you know, you bought a hundred dollars of Dogecoin and sold it for a thousand dollars. Um, unless you had some sort of secret knowledge that that run up was going to happen, um, you basically just got lucky. You won the lottery. Yeah, you won the lottery. Which, all right, cool. That's great for you. Hey, I would love to win the lottery. But like, don't pat yourself on the back as being like special <laughs> or anything. Well, or that you did anything other than getting lucky. No, look, hey, it's fine to celebrate and be happy. You just got a big windfall of cash. Like, if I, I won the it. lottery, I would be, I would be happy too. But I, yeah, I'd celebrate. Uh, exactly. So I don't want to sound like we're, uh, you know, you know, pissing on everyone's parade who bought Dogecoin because I did not buy any Dogecoin and I am not going to buy any Dogecoin. And right now, what's it trading at? Seven cents or something I just saw or eight cents. Mm, and they're like saying that. they're going to run it up to a dollar. Well, if it goes up to a dollar and you buy it seven cents, you can make a pretty good profit on it. But I'm still not buying Dogecoin. Yeah, I, I if that's what you really want then what I would love to have happen is futures markets for Doge get developed. And I want you to go long at it for a dollar and, you know, leverage, leverage that position by as much as you possibly can go for it, do it. Yeah, if you're that confident and if yeah, not, look, like, like put your money where your mouth is. Hey, um, I also see, I could see someone saying, well, it's seven cents now. If I put a hundred dollars on it and it goes up to a dollar, there's, you know, or it goes up to 70 cents. I got a thousand bucks out of it. And if it goes to zero, I lost a hundred bucks. Go ahead and play the game. But to, does anyone think it's going to be like, I, I, I told you, I didn't read the article, but I saw it said like the people's Bitcoin, it's going to take over Bitcoin. Um, do people actually think that are like, they talking about that? I think so. Well, I that's mean, assuming that people aren't just being that not every single person is being a troll or is just say like you know a spam bot or something. No, I think there's people that actually think that they're gonna. Yeah, I think that's a mistake. Just like these people that thought they were gonna run up AMC and Nokia, 
or silver, which ended up being that it was like, uh, you know, the media and or Wall Street or someone, but not Wall Street bets and Reddit trying to organize this silver squeeze. Like all the people that ran out and started, you know, pumping money into silver, you got played. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, it was stupid. You just went out because, because someone who you thought was on your side, you didn't actually like even bother to, to verify that, but someone that you think is on your side said, go out and buy uh silver. And you just did it. And maybe you made some money, Maybe, but you have to sit there and reflect and be like, well, that was, yeah, I got luck. Like, yeah, maybe I made a little bit of money, but that was kind of dumb. That could have gone real bad. And that's what I'm saying with like, yes. All right. You might've, you might've made some money on Dogecoin right here, but what, what did you do other than like place a bet and close your eyes and spin a wheel? I mean, if, if it didn't do what, what you hope and you like, what you have to identify reasons for your, uh, for what you did. Like my, my dad used to say, um, you know, if I would mess something up or something, I don't know. I, I don't have any specific examples, but you know, if something would go wrong in my life when I was younger, I would mess something up and my dad would say, all right, well, tell me why you did it. And I would explain it. He said, well, as long as you had a good reason for doing it, you know, if it didn't work out, you know, it didn't work out. But, you know, as long as you're thinking through this stuff and being, you know, reasonably intelligent, so be it. We can live with that. Uh, But if you're just, like, throwing money around, like, so Elon Musk was, uh, was pumping Dogecoin on Twitter and that's really what started spiring the uh, the pump, I think. And everyone started buying Dogecoin because Elon Musk was tweeting about it and saying like Dogecoin to the moon and everything. And they bought it because Elon Musk said it on Twitter. And then today it came out that Elon Musk actually put in $1.5 billion, not into Dogecoin, not into Ethereum, not to anything else, but Bitcoin for uh for uh tesla and so people were upset it's like oh that was pretty mean of of elon musk it was pretty stupid for people for no other reason bought dogecoin don't understand anything about it apparently but just because elon elon mentioned it on twitter oh i should go buy it i mean (laughs) what a dumb reason and i even think it's like you know tesla um, buying one point a, a billion and a half dollars worth of Bitcoin, the price has shot up in Bitcoin. Yeah, woke and up this morning. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said that that is a you know actually going out and buying it um, is is a really important signal and and good for Bitcoin. I don't want to diminish that, but just for someone like being on the sidelines and. Saying like, oh, Tesla, I really like Tesla because I like electric cars and they just bought Bitcoin. So I'm going to go out and buy Bitcoin. And if they hold Bitcoin, they're probably going to be right. And they're probably going to make, you know, increase their wealth by doing that. But that's still dumb money. Like they didn't make, they didn't decide to buy Bitcoin for a very good reason. They did it because, oh, this guy, because, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Elon Musk put hashtag Bitcoin in his Twitter profile and the price shot up. Right. Like that's indicative of just dumb money being out there. 
And I like I like it that people are putting money into Bitcoin. But they're doing it for like they're the same people that are just going to go out and buy Dogecoin or Nokia stock because it's oh because some dude on the internet said you know made reference to it and yeah we're going to we're going to crush Wall Street by buying stinking Nokia stock. Like I know I'm being a little bit uh you know whatever here, but because I I, want to kind of rattle people into thinking into a little bit of reflection over what you're doing, because man, you could either, you you could get wrecked by, by, go ahead. And you're going to say something. No, I was just going to say, I mean, look, (laughs) that's the way the things work though. I mean, people, I, I, if they buy and hold, then regardless of the reason that's good for Bitcoin. Um, I always tell people, I don't really tell people to buy Bitcoin um, unless I tweet it or something by Bitcoin. But like when I'm talking to people, I always say, learn about Bitcoin um, and make a decision. Uh, People will always do that, jump on. And so that could inflate the price in the short run. And make the number go up number go up technology right and that gets more people into it and so you know some of these people buying are going to learn about it and others aren't others are going to buy and it's going to go up and they're going to sell and they're going to say i bought at forty-two thousand and sold at forty-six thousand, and that was a great day you know i don't know they'll regret that they sold at 42 or forty-six thousand in a year from now or maybe a month from now i don't know but it's just, uh, I mean, that's kind of the natural process of it. I, yeah, I don't know if mm-hmm. you can be upset about it. No, I'm not upset about it. I'm just. I mean, you I'm can just, be upset about it I'm if just, you want. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm mad. No, I'm not upset about it. I'm just, I'm just describing what's happening and trying to, you know, I, I see these people making these decisions and these comments and. Oh, just are just ignorant. But that's yeah, like, that's and, and like with everything, man. That's like the, with that gel man or gel man amnesia. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. We decided to learn about Bitcoin, which was a smart decision. <laughs> right. Yeah. Other yeah, people, but but it's it's well, but whatever. that but that but that learning process it, it's influenced us in in positive ways. So I think lots of ways, absolutely. Yeah. So it's important. I think it's I think it's very useful and valuable to try to like kickstart people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe I'm saying this because I don't want people. I want people to avoid getting wrecked getting and burned. suffering no. through. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I agree. I agree. Because, hey, I made some really dumb mistakes with Bitcoin back in the day. I, um, yeah. And uh, I would, I, um, I'm harsh with people because I, I would prefer people don't go through what I did. Yeah. I agree. Um, but, and even like, Cause I, I made a lot of mistakes looking back. They were big mistakes. I don't think they were avoidable for me. So like you're saying, if we can avoid them and other people, that would be great. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's if it's was avoidable or not. Um, I don't know. It is what it is. We made our decision. That's what I mean. Like, like there really wasn't, if if we had other people, or, if I had you know, other like, people, yeah, being in our ears, maybe maybe we, but right, that's what I know, mean. I, but we didn't, right? 
and it is what it is. It's just those people, you know, wasn't, I'm not, obviously not blaming, <laughs> you're not blaming like just unnamed random people for not telling us perfect, you know, good information. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, we at least like to claim or think that we're, you know, somewhat intelligent people and, and can think rationally and logically through things. And so when someone does present us with, better information or ways to think through things we don't like stick our fingers in our ears and well and i think want to listen to you i mean i think that to, i don't know if this is patting ourselves on our back but that's kind of how we how you can look at our show history i mean when we did learn about bitcoin we it made sense or even just the robin hood thing my yeah. initial reaction was hey you know robin hood oh that's really bad what they what they did and this is this is corrupt and evil and then I was like, yeah, the more I think about this, the, the more you learn about it. Yeah, maybe maybe they're not the bad guy here. And then talked to J.W. Weatherman on Twitterman, and I said, oh, I was going back into like, well, maybe they are the bad guy here. And then, and then, you know, he tagged Stefan Kinsella. And then, uh, and then he said, yeah, let's all get on with Silent Cal and, and hash this out. And like, it's, it's okay to... to change your mind on things especially as you get more, more information. information um but uh what was i guess uh it's something else about oh oh so that reminded me of something else i wanted to complain about good the whole robin hood thing we were talking about this before we uh, started recording but the when there was a, a reddit post from someone who claimed to work at robin hood oh right talking about how, you know, disgusted he was by everything that was going on. And, you know, oh, I would quit, but with the, the economy and COVID and everything, which I, I, I really hate. Um, if, if you're going to say I would do this thing that would make me a hero, but then you make an excuse for why you're, you didn't do it or not doing it, just leave that part out because even if it's true. Yeah. Just leave it out because you're, you're trying to take credit for something that you just aren't doing. Aren't doing. Um, so, you know, it, it, not a good look in my, in my book, but this guy, he claimed that he's a, uh, not in the finance side of Robin hood, but uh, some sort of like web, uh, software developer. And was like, Oh, these backroom dealings and this, uh, blah, 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 painted a very bad picture. And, uh, all right. And a lot of people took that at face value. So first of all, obviously, anyone can go on the internet and say whatever they want. So why you would necessarily trust some random, you know, Redditor who just created their account 10 minutes ago talking about something, you know, like that. Okay. But let's, let's just, it could be true. Could happen. It would be very easy for someone to actually be honest and do that. That uh, still doesn't mean you should trust his opinion or think it valid at all. Uh, in my industry, I talk about my industry a lot. I think it, I think it, you know, the, the technical side of it uh, is very useful in talking about, you know, for examples a lot, but, you know, I complain about the media misconstruing uh, stuff that goes on also just fellow employees every once in a while when there would be a store a story they would get someone 
an employee who gave his gave his two cents on what was going on and it was just wrong dude didn't know what he was talking about um and to to bring this to to your own uh to your own lives and 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 jobs and industries and everything if you don't think that if you think that just because someone works at a company or works in a certain industry that they know inside baseball and can and have have good insight on what's going on just imagine well first of all it's like it's like a guy saying like oh i i know what the uh tampa bay well, i knew the tampa bay buccaneers were going to lose i knew what was going on in there because i work for the for the bucks and you think that like or uh, i work for the kansas city chiefs and you think like oh man that guy must have been a coach and that ends up being like the guy that cleans the toilets yeah he works for the chiefs but doesn't mean he's <laughs> well yeah, I mean, how often do you hear people say how like dumb their management is, and meanwhile their right. management is running like a huge company successfully? Yes. But, but I want you to like think about a time at your job where you have a meeting and someone from a different department is frustrating you because they don't understand some of the more uh, uh, minute details and esoteric things related to something in your wheelhouse. And they're being stubborn and they're not letting you do the thing that you know is the correct thing to do because they just don't understand. And how many times has that happened in, in your working world that you're just, you're, you, you end up fighting with coworkers over something. And there's people that you probably do the same thing to them. I, I know I've done it because there's been things I'm, I don't understand. And I have the wrong, wrong uh, conclusion about it at work. Try not to do that. Sure, we all try not to do that. But it, I mean, I'm pretty sure we can we can all think about a disagreement at work over something. So the idea that just because someone works somewhere means that they have a, a solid grasp of what's going on is just is just absurd. Um, there needs to be some sort of other validation uh, behind what this guy on Reddit was saying. Otherwise, I've, I have really no reason to give it any credibility. Especially when we had someone like Silent Cal that, who is from that industry that could explain what, what was, was going happening. on. Yeah, and, and it's not like Silent Cal's the only person I've talked to that has experienced that industry. I've talked to other people, uh, you know, in real life, believe it or not, because that exists. <laughs> It's not just, you know, Twitter is not the only place I, uh, speak for yourself. Right. right. <laughs> yes. We know Chwa, uh, slappy the, uh, Twitter file. <laughs> yeah. Just look at how many times I tweet every day. No. Yeah. It's cause you're reading so many other tweets. That's right. You don't have time to, to tweet, but, That's uh, right. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just funny to me how people can be so quick to, uh, have their biases be confirmed that if something isn't like quite, it doesn't fit what they believe in and they will do the most fantastic job in the world of picking it apart, ripping it to shreds and showing exactly why that information, that analysis is invalid. Uh, but when it's something that, you know, fits their agenda, then it's, you know, well, I can, uh, 
you know, letting these things slide. It's like, um, it's like COVID and with all of the, uh, you know, with the deaths associated with COVID and, and all these people are pointing out about how it's like, well, you know, it doesn't look like the death rate overall has changed and the average age of death is, is way higher than, or is, is really high. And these people are getting said that the cause of death is COVID, but they're also like filled with bullet holes and just got hit by a car and all this stuff. And you have people go, well, no, you don't understand science and everything. La, 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 la. And they throw this huge temper tantrum because that information doesn't confirm uh, what their biases and what they want to believe. But the vaccine gets rolled out. And people are dying apparently over taking the vaccine, and and these same people that were that were being well, you you just hate science, and you know this information about the actual statistics doesn't fit their agenda. They suddenly say, well, the people that are dying from the vaccine have pre-existing conditions that they're going to die from anyway, and these people are all very old and everything. Like, oh wow! Suddenly you can analyze this information very, very well because that's what you want to believe. Right. So be careful out there. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. Like uh, I mentioned this before, um, but Hank Aaron took the vaccine like two weeks before he died or three weeks before he died. Um, And I, I, I'm sure the, va- I mean, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure the vaccine didn't cause that. He's was pretty old, but you know, right. if it was COVID, that would have been a cause of his death. Mm-hmm. Same situation, same guy. If he tested positive, even with no symptoms, he would have, they would have called that a COVID death. Right. But yeah, it's well, but when know, it's the vaccine as well, he wasn't in good health. He was old. We can't right. live forever. Yeah. <sighs> I was no. going to say the Field of, Dream, Field, of, uh, Field of Dreams quote. What's the uh, Babe Ruth line? Something the heroes never die. Legends live forever. The hero, what is it? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in an awfully long time. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, I forgot the other thing I was going to say about this. Um, I guess that that you wear two masks now? Yeah. Oh, obviously. Got to be twice as safe, right? Yep. Um, let me see. I actually had some notes on my phone for this episode. A lot of things to talk about. Um, oh, that's what I want to say. About like the biases. It's funny because I have a lot of reasons to like want to really hate on Robin Hood. Um some, you know, I'm not going to exactly say, but it, it would have been just just for like the purposes of Bitcoin um, to be able to say like, yeah, stop trying to trade in stocks and bonds and because they're just going to like, you know, it, it could be a great, great selling point for Bitcoin, which I still think it is, but um, just not the same, same one. So you know, I, I, I think that people should bear that in mind a little bit. Like, I don't have a good reason to have these positions other than just because I think that's what just reflective of reality and, and these 
principles of economics and libertarianism. Um, it would be a lot easier for me to be able to, you know, get really angry and and pound my fist and say, this is, you know, Robin Hood's evil. And, and so this is, uh, and these Wall Street guys and hedge funds are evil and, and, and making these plays that they're guaranteed, you know, whatever. Um, but I do want to, I do want to round this back in, into Bitcoin a little bit. I think we're kind of running up on time, but. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Make, make the case for Bitcoin here because we're, you know, sitting here being very critical of a lot of Whining all things. day. Yes. I do want to end on a positive note and say how, because we said that in the beginning of the episode was that, you know, whether, whether or not you agree with our conclusions about how things happened and what exactly happened, at the end of the day, um, there's a reason why people are incentivized to enter these markets, stock markets and everything, and, and try to chase, chase this values because the dollar um, our, our money that we have is such a bad store of value that you can't just hold dollars to maintain your wealth. You will lose wealth. And we talked about this a few episodes ago, the episode, the case for Bitcoin by holding dollars, you are losing the purchasing power of the value that you produced. And I think that's really messed up, especially because we're, we're not really given that good of a choice. Um, for money, you know, it's a fiat system. It's through the force of government. They uh, they they created this fiat system and enforce it on the rest of us. So it, it's just on its face, you know. Regardless of the, of its ability to function, the fact that it that it came about that way means it is it is unjust and should not exist as such. Uh, Bitcoin gives you the opportunity to take a piece of the pie that no one can dilute. You know, you buy, we just, we just use round numbers, but you can buy, you know, any, any fraction of a Bitcoin. But let's say you buy one Bitcoin. You have one 21 millionth of the Bitcoin supply. And no one can change that. The only way that can be changed is if you trade that, you send that Bitcoin to someone else. Otherwise, that is your piece of the puzzle. And, and you can actually like save because it's going, as long as it continues to appreciate in value, you can, you can make, you know, your, your, your piece of the puzzle isn't going to get smaller. So you can, you can maintain, you can maintain that value you created. Mm -hmm. It's a, uh, you know, it's a very powerful thing. And, uh, I and think if you just like, I, you know, how many people are there in the United States? How many dollars are there? If you had, well, what's it's 300 million. Yeah, so I don't know how many dollars million. are in circulation, but 100. A hundred. How about it? Um, but if you could have one, one twenty, one twenty-one millionth of it of all the dollars in circulation, you'd probably be doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then you, you say that about the uh, about the world. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. Like we're just talking the United States. Right. And so if you have even just a tenth, like pretty much any Bitcoin now, you're going to you're going to be happy you did that. Yeah, it, it makes it so that if you're, you're in control, no, no one else, like if, if you're upset with the rules that, that Wall Street is making, right, wrong or indifferent, um, that's fine. Like it, it, it's it's no, really no different than being like, all right, well, I don't like the rules of football. I want to play baseball. So go play baseball. Um I may like football, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you should want to play football either. Um, and, and really, I mean, if you really like the rules of Dogecoin, then go run a Dogecoin node. Yeah, go buy it and um, just be aware that these blocks come every minute and there's another 10,000 Dogecoin pumped into the system every minute. And, uh, Forever, as for, long as it exists. And until they change it again to make it 20,000 or yeah. whatever, or, you know, so, so just so be aware your, of that. Yeah. With, with your knowledge of, of how these rule, like what, what rule set would you want to enforce? Well, I know I would want to enforce the rule set that, that said there's, there's a hard cap and no one can change it and no one can stop me from sending that, that value to where I want it. Or you can, uh, you know, play a game where, you know, there's constant inflation, uh, constant gatekeeping, uh, constant censorship. Uh, it's, it's, it's really not a good one. And if you want to experience any sort of financial freedom, if you want to experience any sort of autonomy, if you want to, if you want the ability to like create and maintain the value that you created, I think the only option out there is Bitcoin. Like, give tell me anything else that, that performs the functions of money as well as Bitcoin does. There's nothing, and it's not even close. Like, if you want to, there's, there's still, you know, the gold bugs out there, and gold had monetized for several thousand years, and I don't want to take anything away from gold's history, but, I mean, compare gold to Bitcoin. Uh, just accepting, accepting gold versus accepting Bitcoin. If you want absolute, uh, 100% certainty that you are getting authentic gold, uh, and the amount, uh, that, that you're expecting to get, you got to melt it down and get a mass spectrometer and perform like some pretty expensive and uh, hardcore stuff. And people say, well, you can just kind of scratch it and do like a test in the water. You're not getting full validation, not even close. You basically have to meld it. Whereas with Bitcoin, if you're running a full node, which you need a crappy laptop and a crappy internet connection. Uh, you don't even and, need to be a good person. Yeah, you don't. And you don't even need that much hard, hard drive space because you can, uh, you can run a pruned node, but that, happens automatically in milliseconds you can fully validate the yeah. validity and uh, of the bitcoin you're getting and you can't melt uh, your bitcoin even if you want to yes well you, you can melt your hard drive is there something else i can help with um is there a, is there a third co-host <laughs> yeah that was my watch nice um the other thing com comparing gold to bitcoin is that you know, gold has a 
I wasn't yeah. sure if that was picked up. It, it was picked up loud and clear. Good. During a moment of silence. We were getting spied on. Slappy's <laughs> letting us get spied on. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, like gold has a has a ver has a fairly uh, decent scarcity, but like we don't actually know what the the total supply of gold is, the uh, the mined supply available, nor the the supply that has not yet been mined. Um, you know, for all we know, someone might you know start digging in the ground and, and find this huge load of gold somewhere that that uh, really dilutes the supply. Like that happened with silver. There was a, a silver mountain that they discovered in like Mexico or something. And Spain ended up like destroying it was Portugal. Their own... Oh, it was it Portugal? No, I don't know. It was Mexico. It's got to be some kind of arrested development connection there. <sighs> but uh, yeah, they ended up like destroying their own, their own money because they, they brought all, they, like, they thought we're is... rich. Yeah, this is great. We're bringing all this silver back to Europe, and they were the only ones on a silver standard, and so they just they just wrecked their own exchange rate. Um, and also, it's also also very important to know that there will only ever be twenty one million Bitcoin in the supply. Whereas, yeah, as I was saying, we we don't really know. We have a rough idea of how much gold there is, but and we, we know, know what the inflation rate's going to be after all this right. time. It's been about every ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been very and predictable. Then, and then probably the worst part about gold is that as soon as uh, you needed to send money, uh, you know, across space pretty quickly, um, you know, whether you were wiring it's really expensive, or, uh, not, well, I mean, doing it instantly, like if you were going to wire money over, a, you know, a telegraph or something that requires centralization. Um. So you can't, you know, it, it, it loses its ability to be uh, sound money at that point because you need to start trusting third parties to be able to account for all the paper trades going around. Um, you know, it's just imagine gold being able to be transmitted across the internet and that's that's what Bitcoin is, but, but better for the reasons that we already kind of talked about. So, um. And since you can actually control your Bitcoin, you don't have to and can send it to anyone you want. It's all cash. That's Bitcoin. Every time you make a uh, transaction in Bitcoin, that is a cash transaction, meaning it's final settlement. It is the person sending it and the person receiving it. No one can really intervene and stop it. So, um, yeah, it's... uh, Find me something that can can do any of those things or any other property of money better, and uh, maybe I'll get, maybe I'll give a consideration over Bitcoin. But until you can do that, there's no reason for me to be anything but very bullish on Bitcoin. Right. And and so that's why I think in the face of you know apparent Wall Street shenanigans and everything else, I think that playing their game by buying their stocks or buying just Dogecoin that, you know, if you're buying on Robinhood or a lot of these other places, you're not even able to take custody of it. When you're playing their game, there's a re like, you're not winning there. You're not doing anything to advance your own, uh, you know, well, uh, 
you're not doing that much to advance your own uh, your own sovereignty and and individual freedom. It's just a mirage. So yeah, you might have doubled, triple, quadrupled your money in Doge, but what happens if uh, if the exchange you bought it on decides that they're going to not let you accept those dollars or halt trading or, or do something else? What are you gonna do? Now suddenly that 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 money you thought you have you don't actually have. Yeah, if you think these guys are evil and playing for playing for a team that you're not on, and they're willing to do all sorts of nasty things towards you. Don't be shocked when they do it. So, you know, the best thing to do, if you have the knowledge that this is this is the way the game's played, you know, put that knowledge to use. Take advantage of it. Protect yourself. Protect your wealth. So, anything else to add there, Slappy? I think that, that's it. All right. Do you have a free market success story? I uh, didn't think of one. Do you have one? Yeah. So uh, we always pump 10 hours of Bitcoin.com on here and always have it listed in the show notes page. Well, uh, by, the workings of the, by the workings of the free market, it is now available via podcast. So before you had to go online, go on a uh, internet browser, type in 10 hours of Bitcoin.com and had to click on each link and you'd be either shown a, you know, go to a different web page where it would, it would play an audio clip or, or YouTube video. And, uh, you know, it's tough to kind of like keep track of what you're doing. And, and people like me, I, I like to consume a lot of stuff when I'm, when I'm driving in the car or, you know, work around the house, cooking, I like to listen to stuff. Well, now you have the opportunity to do that and it helps you keep track of where you are. And, and I think it, I think it's, uh, you're more likely to get through it when it's uh, when a podcast format. Since a lot of people, especially you know, considering this is a podcast, so we have people who like to listen to podcasts. Uh, it's a great way to uh, to absorb this information. Now, there's some things that you know with the videos, there might be some visual aids out there, so you might want to circle back after listening to that episode. Say, eh, maybe maybe check out a little bit of this video, but uh, no. Magic of the free market. You don't have to pay for it. Someone was, uh, someone, me, provided you the, uh, the <laughs> podcast version of So it'll be on the show notes page. Uh, but so you can hear it now. It is anchor.fm slash 10 hours of Bitcoin. And where can they find it? At mcflugel.com slash 237. That's the show notes page for this episode. Cool. So I'll have to remember to put that in the, uh, the, the mcflugel.com slash Bitcoin, that uh, Bitcoin resources page. Mm-hmm. So go check that out. Share that out with people. Uh, I, I really do think it's a great way to, uh, to get yourself up to speed to be a little bit dangerous regarding Bitcoin. And, 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 and to circle back into what I was talking about, how uh, that, that was really what turned me uh, away from being dumb money. I mentioned that this, this, like I started getting it in my head that like maybe all this altcoin stuff seems to be kind of stupid. This is what really coalesced it all together for me and made everything gel. Um, 
So there you originally, go. this was kind of a, uh, uh, like a day long seminar by JW Weatherman, but we, uh, he tweaked it a little bit, added some other stuff, took out some things and turned it into this, uh, to this nice little course. So, um, you know, I, I talked about, you know, gaining better ability to have smart money and this is the best way to do it. I think, especially the, uh, lesson two, where it talks about what speculation is, what money is, how to invest and, uh, you know, yeah. That'll, so, that's, that, that'll be a, a very good uh, pill for you. To if you want to be just like Rollo, yes. go ahead and listen. And who wouldn't want that? All right, everyone. Uh, again, show notes paid, mcflugel.com slash 237. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Peace.